Welcome, friends, to the Friends That Carry On podcast, where we dive deeper in our trips, unpack tips, and everything in between. The one who holds the torch key is your host. Get ready for your ears to go on a trip with your favorite group of friends. Well, welcome to Friends That Carry On. We're a group of friends who uh, like to uh, talk about our travels around the world and try to inspire people to also travel in groups or by themselves or whatever it takes to get out there and enjoy all the world has to offer. You can reach us at uh, www.friendsofcarryon or at on Facebook at Friends of Carry On and Instagram at Friends of Carry On. One of our uh, featured affiliates today is Away Bags. Several of our friends use Away Bags now. They're a great travel bag, very light, smooth wheels, lots of room for packing. And my uh, daughter, Lauren, who's starting to travel a good bit, both for work and for fun, her birthday is in two days, and she wanted to uh, travel one piece, and she looked into Waybags, and that's what, what I am going to be getting for her. <laughs> so anyhow, shout out to Waybags. Today, we're going to be talking about Romania. We had a little excursion there a few years ago, Jim Reed, Terry Hall, and myself, Jim Scott. First of all, the people on the, on the podcast today, we have Tony and Brian Romain, and calling from California, we have... Jim Reed. All right. And I'm Jim Scott uh, leading the thing today. So anyhow, a few years ago, we did travel to Romania and we want to recount that trip a little bit and some of the things we've experienced there. So a few of the things we're going to talk about today is Bucharest, which is the capital of Romania. And we're going to get into to some of the all the different features there. We also traveled out into a region called Transylvania, which I'm sure most people have heard of. Over there, there's, I think it's five regions, and Transylvania is one of the regions, sort of like our states in the United States. So we're getting to that in a, in a town we travel to there called uh, Brazov. I hope I said that right, but uh, for maybe not the right enunciation, but I, the way it looks phonetically. Sounded right to me. <laughs> so anyhow, a few little fun facts about uh, starting with Bucharest. Back in, uh, it, it got the nickname Little Paris. Uh, between the two world wars, it was a very, the architecture was very elegant. It was a very sophisticated area to go and it earned the nickname Little Paris. Now between the bombings of World War II and uh, a couple fairly big earthquakes, a lot of buildings got destroyed. And then on top of that, which we'll get into in a little while, communism taken over and their lack of architectural style it kind of changed the face of that and that vibe of Little Paris. So that's one little fun fact. It is actually, Bucharest has a little over 2 million residents, and that makes it the sixth largest city in the EU. Communism started there right after the beginning of World War II and went up to 1989, which we'll talk about the revolution a little bit as we go through our chat. It's an interesting area. It's very beautiful. But sort of the crossroads of a lot of things when you go back through history. And its location near the Black Sea and the uh, Carthaginian Mountains, for the Roman Empires, it was a, a, a sort of a crossroads, and, and they came through and conquered. Then the Ottomans did the same thing. Then the Germans and the Habsburgs did the same thing. So it was a land that was constantly conquered by the different big eras that went on throughout history. So it's kind of cool, a lot of history there. I think it's interesting. They uh, like a lot of European cities. They have an Arc of Triumph, 
you know, the Ark mm. in, in the main city. But they pretty much were conquered all the time. <laughs> they did a whole lot. Was, it, was it somebody else's Ark de Trial? Well, I guess they had hope. <laughs> Kept changing hands. But anyhow, so we sort of get to our stay, and, and our, the reason we went there, and I'm, I'm going to let Jim take over this. The reason we went there was kind of interesting. It wasn't on anybody's radar. And I'll sort of let Jim take over and sort of explain how a trip to Romania and Bucharest in particular uh, happened and, and we, we brought it together. It was one of those mistake fairs that just sort of pop up every now and then. I uh, subscribe to Twitter feeds of a number of different places like Secret Flying. And every once in a while, every once in a blue moon, an airline company will do something like use the wrong conversion rate when transferring from one currency to another, where they'll forget to load uh, fuel and tax surcharges. At any rate, uh, this uh, popped up on my screen out of the middle of nowhere. I think it was like a Tuesday afternoon. I was doing nothing. Round trip fare from Los Angeles to uh, Bucharest, Romania, $274. And, uh, you know, I looked around at some of the other airlines, and it should have been about $1,200, so I figured they just left a zero off someplace. As I looked more and more into the tweets that were coming across the uh, Internet, it turned out that DC also had flights that were even cheaper. How much was yours, Jim? Like two fifty? Well, I got in on. Oh, you- I was a little higher, but yeah, I think uh, it was like in the two fifty range for Rebel and, and Terra. Yeah, just an amazing price. You know, I got enough air miles out of uh, Delta to fly domestically. You know, a round trip domestic just on points from that. But two hundred and seventy-four dollars for me. Of course, I knew nothing whatsoever about Romania at the time. I did what I usually do when a fair pops up to a place that I've never heard of or never been to. Right on Wiki Travel, and I read to see if it was a safe place, if there were things to see. And as soon as I got to the part where uh, it said that the nickname of uh, Bucharest was Little Paris, I knew I was going to go. So I immediately sent off a email to Terry and Lee Lucas and... Gosh, who else? John Ribble. Who else was with us? That was it. Uh, I don't think. And, we- and you, Jim. Yeah. Me and yeah. Yeah, that was a pretty small group, and you know, I had to get a, got a bunch of people to jump on it right away, which is good because if you we can get at least three or four people, you know that the cost for an Airbnb is going to go down significantly. So this was a shaping up to be a very cheap, interesting end of the summer trip. It was, uh, I think, the first week of August that we went back three years ago yeah and that was incredible because i saw the uh, i remember i guess when you first posted it and uh daring them were jumping on and getting excited i'm like you know that sounds great i've obviously never been to romania i hadn't even thought about it <laughs> and uh, of course i had to ask the wife to make sure i could just roll with it but, like i want to do that so uh so i jumped on it too and it and mine was a little higher but not a whole lot it was still very cheap and and the nice thing about romania is the the exchange rate and, and their money is very cheap. Mm. So yeah. I know you were talking about the Airbnb, Jim, and you all booked that. And I sort of crashed in. Like I said, I came in late. But there were it was very it was very centrally located near the old uh, the old town, which we'll get into here in a little bit. But if I'm not re- mistaken, it was only like eighty dollars a night. So when you divided that by four people, it was like twenty <laughs> bucks a night. Is am I or was it eight? First, I thought it was it was eighty bucks a night. Is that 
I'm I'm remembering it as eighty bucks a night too, and uh, and it was what f- three bedrooms and a full couch that you could sleep on. So exactly. So uh, it was very modern. It was in a uh, it was up on like we were up on like the seventh or eighth floor, but on the the front side of it had a balcony and it overlooked uh, a park, and then across the other side of the park was a big. Uh, like shopping center and they had these huge murals of, of advertisements like you'd see in New York city for whatever it was cosmetics or, I mean, there were big models on, on the side of the windows is what I remember. Side of the <laughs> but out the back, about that balcony, which had a balcony had a gorgeous view of the parliamentary palace. Oh wow. Which is the s- second largest office building in the world behind the Pentagon. It's uh, yeah, something like 1,100 uh, uh, rooms in the palace. It's just like amazing. 3.7 million square feet. Oh, my God. It's huge. Wow. So and, and what was pretty cool, I guess, just the timing of, of that early August, uh, late summer. But uh, at night, the, it was like almost a full moon coming up over. So we got some great pictures. I don't know that they turned out that well, but it was a beautiful view with the moon over the, the palace. Mm-hmm. And all that, so it was pretty cool. So, uh, so yeah, so great digs. My, it was uh, modernly renovated, like a lot of the European apartments do, or the ones that, that make them Airbnb that I've stayed in. The, the views have been remodeled and were very nice, and we were very comfortable. And uh, we were a short walk to the old quarter, which is which is a great place. It's a, an old part of the city. It's in city center, and uh, and Jim can probably do a better job explaining it to me, but you, uh, that I can. But these were the, it gotten really run down. Between the earthquakes and the bombings, they didn't really revitalize it till just recently, like in the last 10 years. But the area dates back to, to like when Bucharest first started, 1300, 1400s, right. where the, the merchants would come and, and sell their various wares and so forth. I was going to say one of the things that I thought was really interesting, you talk about how the old quarter is uh, beautiful, but also sort of run down. Some of the buildings that we looked at, they'd have something going on on the first floor, and then you'd look up at like the second and the third floor, and you'd realize it's just a hollow shell that uh, they didn't bother to rebuild. You know, it's just sort of open to the the elements once you get above that first floor. Right. Yeah. It was, <laughs> so it was, it was an interesting mix because they had redone some of these old buildings that were beautiful. It was all cobblestone streets in this area. Had a lot of nice restaurants, nightclubs museums, churches, and all, but then, yeah, you'd have that run-down, ransacked building that was sitting right beside something that was really nice. So yeah. you could tell it was a revitalization project in in, in progress. And how many years ago was it you guys were there? Was that 2015 or 2016? 16. 16, so three, yeah. about three years ago mm-hmm. you guys were there. And it's August now, and it's about 95 degrees here in Shepherdstown. <laughs> what, was it, what was it like in... Bucharest. Hot as hell. Yeah. <laughs> really? It, it was broiling the whole time. They have the same weather patterns we do. Cold, okay. snow in the winter, and okay. hot and humid in the summer. I thought that's what I, you know, and yeah. looking at the location, it would yeah. be similar to where we are, and I wondered. Yep, so it was the outdoor cafes, which they had a lot through there. They'd have the uh, awnings that came out and the mister, so you could find a place to get out of the shade and cool down. Did you have air conditioning in the Airbnb? We did. You did? Okay. <laughs> very important, yes. I was wondering that at 80 bucks a night, I wonder yeah, if that I just, was something that was old. I think we were paying top well. dollar there. That was, that, was good. <laughs> that was good money for them over there. So, yeah. But no, but uh, but the old 
I want to keep saying old quarter, and they call it the old town section. That's also, there was ruins of, of the old palace, uh, Vlad Tepes. There's a statue of him, which, if, and we'll probably get into him a little more. Vlad Tepes is also known as Vlad the Impaler, <laughs> a.k.a. Dracula. So he had a palace there, which was pretty cool. And they were, at that time, were they digging out the ruins? Because it was kind of, you could see yeah. it, but uh, they sort of, I don't know if they just found them, but they were still digging them out and mm. so forth in that area. So that was uh so that was pretty cool. And I didn't realize until we got there, I knew Transylvania and also knew he had been big up in Brazov where we got to later, but I didn't realize he had had a presence in Bucharest too. So a shout out to Romanian's most famous uh, citizen. <laughs> so anyhow, also in the old town, great restaurants as well. And I'm going to butcher the name on this one, Jim. So maybe you can help me out. But it was one of the first ones we went to kind of reminded me of a, and it's very, a lot of the food there is very German and mm-hmm. a lot of sausages, a lot of potatoes, not a lot of greens. Wow. But the first one is a very ornate, big, reminded me of an Oktoberfest type restaurant, if I can't, uh, or Bavarian style mm-hmm. restaurant. And it, and like I said, I'm going to butcher this name, Kara Kubera. Does that sound about right, Jim? Sounds close enough for me. <laughs> okay, so I know you guys found that, and uh, it's one of those places that from lunchtime on, you maybe don't always need to get a reservation, but it's pretty crowded, and it's right off the old square there. But that was one of the first places we went and had a beer and, and had, a, had a meal there. I just remember being very ordinate and very big on the inside of mm-hmm. nice wood fi- fixtures, the brass taps, and just a, a really cool, sort of like a banquet hall type thing to, to mm-hmm. go into. I just remember being impressed by all the restaurants in general that we sat at. I remember one was a French restaurant and it was actually good food and just unbelievable prices, you know, about a third of what you'd pay anywhere else in Europe. So it's nice to to go out and uh, sit someplace for two hours in the shade. Right. Absolutely. And, and there's a lot of choices, which is really neat. It just had a really good vibe. So were you there, guys there during the week on the weekend or both? you recall? It's a good question. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> I, I, let me take that back. We were there on the weekend uh, when we first got there. Because uh, I remember uh, the, some, we were talking about we thought the weekend crowd would come in. And it did sort of pack up or uh, pick up a little bit as the evening rolled on. But uh, curious about was, you know, were the, the weeknights, you know, similar to what you would see in most of our areas here in the states you know the weekends the restaurants are are more more full tougher to get into somewhere so many of them right down there that except for the really most popular ones you can find something you just walk around the block there's it seemed like there must have been about maybe five or six uh, little square blocks there that uh, was just restaurant bar restaurant bar dance hall restaurant beer hall you know oh. like that so there was always something open next to so, yeah, that was it. And I sort of said this under my breath and, and really didn't mean to. You had all that. And then you had uh, burlesque clubs that were more of a, of a show thing, not so much stripping, but like old style, you yeah. know, 1930s, mm-hmm. 40s burlesque. But then you did have the regular strip clubs also. And they were intermingled just as much as the nice restaurants and the, the nice little cafes and outside cafes. So it was, a, it was an eclectic mix, to, to say the least. <laughs> so, so did you find yourselves walking all the time or did, was it large enough where you were 
hailing cabs or Ubers or? We got a couple cabs here and there when we went on a couple like organized walks and things like that. There's also a metro system, but really the downtown is so compact, the uh, the old town, that uh, for the most part we were just walking. Yeah, no, it, it's, yeah, it was so easy. It was, what, four or five minutes maybe from our apartment to the old old town. I mean, you could see it sort of from our apartment. Or you could see, you knew it was right behind this row of buildings, so you couldn't really see it, but you could see it where it was. So it was a quick walk, and all that stuff was like you said. Once you got there, it was five or six blocks of so it's easy to meander around. There were some nice museums there. The one museum, and I know there was others, and, and Jim can probably help me with the names, but the, the Museum of History, of Romanian History, it's probably Museum of National yeah. History. But I thought that was really in- interesting, and it had a replica of Trajan's Column, which is yeah. a famous mm-hmm. Roman column that's obviously in Rome, from when Trajan uh, won the Drakian Wars, which was through that was part of through that area there. But it was a really neat replica. I mean, it had all the panels, and you could walk up to each panel that goes around the column, and then the column slowly went up, but you could get right up to them. So it was neat to see the artwork and all that. Even though it was a replica, I still thought it was pretty cool. And there was lots of original, real uh, Roman artifacts in that museum as well. I think that was the Bucharest History Museum. I think that was the name. Interesting place, and... The name Romania comes from uh, the Latin term for citizen of Rome. You know, that's how far back the, sort of the history here goes, the connection with the, the, the Roman Empire. The other thing I remember about that museum, other than the fantastic Roman stuff, was out front was a controversial statue of a naked man with a very erect willy holding up his dog, who had obviously just given birth and had the you know the the teats hanging down to feed the, everybody but you know the guys holding on to it here and he just couldn't quite figure out what they were doing yeah. so there's a connection to romulus and remus but still it was weird yeah. <laughs> and the dog might have been a like a small wolf but he was definitely been pregnant and it was it was an interesting statue so was, <laughs> and this is what you're welcome to as you walk up the steps of the to the museum I was setting the bar pretty high for what you're going to see inside. Exactly. <laughs> now, I, I, I didn't make a note of this, Jim, so I, and I don't want to put you on, but I know there's a couple of churches like right beside there, too, that I know we went in, and and uh, obviously a lot of the churches from that from that older era are very pretty. There was the Church of the Assumption. That's the one that I really remember as being a just absolutely gorgeous sort of Eastern Orthodox style church with the you know the old icons like you see in Eastern Orthodox churches. Right, right, yeah. It was just a nice layout. I mean, all that stuff was like so within five or six blocks. So it was it was really neat, to, or just really easy to go from one thing to the other. Take a break, have a beer or two, people watch, go see either the next church or museum, and. Just what a nice flow. Or if you want to get back to the apartment and take a nap or rest for a little bit, it was just very easy to to get back and forth. Yeah. And, How many days yeah. were you there in total and in Bucharest? I want to say the total trip was about a week, but we were in Bucharest probably four of the seven days or thereabouts. Well, we, yeah, we stayed the first, I think, first four days in Bucharest, and we left our stuff in the apartment, drove up to Brazov and Bran. Was that two nights or one night? It was a couple nights up there. A couple nights. And then we came back and spent the last night in Bucharest again in that apartment. So probably about five nights total in uh, in Bucharest. 
and two in the country. Right. So how did you find your place to stay in the country? Did you do that ahead of time, or was that just... That's Terry Hall. Terry's uh, pretty good at uh, working the Airbnb. We actually found a place uh, in Brazov that I think would have even been better, but they canceled on us uh, like a week before the vacation began. But uh, that was okay. He found something else which was just suitable. Right, right. Up there was a little hotel right I mean, right at the edge of town, but and we'll get into bras up in a little bit, but it was right by some nice churches and all that. So it made for a nice walk downtown. You mentioned um, earlier that about walking tour. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Did you guys do that kind of a lot of times like what we do when you first get into the city? Did you schedule a walking tour or pick up one to kind of – Get the lay of the land. We we did two different walking tours. Um, we did one like that, that that sort of took you through the town, and we also did a street art tour. Cool. And I might have my mixed up. I thought we did the street art tour first, but it, I mean it doesn't really matter. But both were were really really neat. Do you, uh, Jim, do you want to start with the street art tour? Because I, I think you booked that, or you and Terry got that set up. But it, I found it really interesting. Yeah, those are always unique. Yeah, you know, a former communist country that really is still trying to find its way. I didn't know how much there would be there. I didn't know if it was going to be the, you know, the angry graffiti of uh, people protesting. By the way, they've had protests the last two Augusts, just a couple weeks ago, like a week ago in Bucharest, and then one year ago in early August, still fighting against the corruption that's inherent in the government. But, you know, that's sort of what I expected. It was going to be this angry street art, and instead what we found was a real thriving uh, street art uh, ethos there that supported, you know, they'd they'd take a block or an area and have competitions. You know, they'd say, everybody come in during this month, let's see your street art, and uh, they'd share it. So we found that large, you know, full sides of houses painted, you know, just absolutely gorgeous. And, And I think they're starting to get a lot of people from elsewhere in Europe the other artists who are always looking for new canvases, and, and there's a lot of them there in Bucharest right now. Because the first part of it, we went by those very big murals that were on the sides of, of buildings, and they were, in, in my opinion, just beautiful or striking. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first one, it, I, maybe it wasn't the first one, but it, it, in my memory it was, it was in between these, these buildings, and, and they've made it an outdoor theater. So you can go in, it's a little open-air restaurant cafe but then they, they've got this big mural with uh, and i want to say it was is a person sitting there with and then the moon and the stars and all that were up above them but uh but they show out the theater or films there if i remember right is that right jim yeah absolutely i'd be off a little bit on that so that was you know sort of the first introduction and that was pretty stunning mm-hmm. and then you go over to these other buildings that uh, the same thing I, I can't do a good job describing them but it's just just some beautiful art there was a couple pictures i did post in a blog we did on our website so you can go and see a couple of pictures there so it was just very interesting and, and what jim said with the, the competitions and they'd have walls where just a bunch of different little stuff that different artists had put up there's one walkway I don't know. It wasn't really a mural, but there was just a lot of small, and a lot of them had political connotation mm-hmm. to, to the uh, to the things they were being saying, which we didn't totally understand. But you could tell they were definitely didn't either like somebody or mm-hmm. for this or for that. But it was really interesting. Our guide on that was a, a younger girl, probably in her early twenties, probably a college student. I knew because of having been in Prague and asking our foodie tour guide whether he because he'd lived through communism and the switch. 
And the switch in Romania was in 1989. Well, she she didn't remember it, but she did say her dad was uh, was a sailor. He would speak of how bad it was in communist days and how, how much better life had gotten in there. And, and one of the other things, and Jim can probably expand on it more than I can, but we were going through there, and, and this is where the, the, the one mural that I'm referring to that has a, a big picture of a, a lady and it's in some greens and all, it's real pretty, but the, it was in an area where the houses, you could tell, were really nice. And she went on to tell us the story of, of course, in communism, you share everything. Well, prior to or up through and during World War II, this was a very upscale neighborhood. And you could tell by the houses. I mean, these are older houses, but you could tell that there were you know, sort of sophisticated, nice architecture and all. But when the communists took over, it didn't matter what family you were or what your background was. They came in and said, you're going to share this house. And they would bring in the poor families and all that from wherever, and they would just stick families together in these houses. And then they would get divided up into like two and three or four families in a house. And then after the fall of communism, they had to figure out, how do we now split this house? (laughs) (laughs) So uh, so there's some interesting stories there. And and so did you notice, was there real estate for sale? Yeah, I mean, it seemed like a normal market. There were for sale signs, but it's, but the houses had gotten chopped up to a degree and then how they separate. So it was kind of, so you had some on the outside, very pretty houses, but they were kind of butchered up a little bit. Right. Going through there. So it was interesting. It's just interesting the way the greater good for everybody and everybody being equal, how they just force it upon people. It wasn't like, okay, now it's communism. I'm living here. I know you're living here. And so are these three other families (laughs) and and you didn't have a choice. So it was, it was, it's just a stark contrast. It's just so hard to kind of fathom there. Wow. (laughs) And that's in a place that was called little Paris, you know, that it was used to ornate buildings and personal property and everything else, you know, it was just an abs- must have been an absolute sea change after uh, World War II was over. Right. Yeah, that's exactly. pretty amazing. And so, so then you go from these neighborhoods, which were very attractive architecture and so forth. You know, you only go a block or two over where the communists had come in and built their buildings. That I know, even prior going to communist countries, you sort of have a gray, dank thought of communist cities. Well, that's, that's what it was. It just square concrete buildings and then they put a few like bronze plaques of the workers that they, they really want to celebrate the workers but everybody was equal it was all and i know she was explaining each of the little murals that were on there there was sort of an equal it, it was about the worker but it was everybody doing their share and being equal it, am i getting that right jim I, yeah absolutely and the funny thing was i expected a lot more of that propaganda to still be around if she hadn't pointed out you know that one sort of classical Soviet type uh, example of propaganda. Right. I, I wouldn't have seen any the whole time I was there in, uh, in Bucharest. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, uh, that one building was, was definitely had a lot of it, but other than that, but there were a lot of the gray, just Soviet <laughs> buildings there, but you're right. The propaganda part, if she hadn't pointed it out, probably would have walked right by. You're going to see a lot more of it in Southeast Asia this uh, winter. Looking forward to it. Well, so then you guys did the 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 walking tour then too. Was that Sandman's or was that just another uh, tour? I don't know if they were there or not. 
it refreshed my memory, Jim. Did we do two tours or was the street art tour took us all the way up through the revolution monuments and, and all of that? Cause I remember. I think it was just one. I think she was just very thorough and she, it was sort of a combination street art and here's the main part of the town as well. But, but I could be misremembering it too. I think that is the case. It was just a really, it was a good tour. It was a really long tour because we covered a lot of ground. It was a walking tour. We got through all the street type stuff like we were just describing. And then you kind of got into more of the hustle and bustle of the city because that was more residential area in the beginning. And then it, it segued into the busier streets. And then all of a sudden you're in the, the circles where you have the big, you know, always the statues with uh, some military guy on a horse and, and <laughs> all that. So, so you sort of got there and saw that kind of history. And then we got to the Revolutionary Monuments. And this monument also is very controversial. The, the, the overthrow of, how do you say his name? So, Ceausescu. 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 Well, Ceausescu reigned from 1965 till he was overthrown and executed in 1989. And he was a typical communist dictator, you know, oppressed everybody, tore up a lot of good neighborhoods and, and that type of stuff and put in a stylized architecture and, and just everything like that. But the revolution came in 89. That's when they overthrew it. And then this monument, this square down there, they had a couple of different nickname names. One <laughs> is, uh, if you can picture a martini and the uh, on the, the garnish with the little thing that has the olive one to stick into it because it, it goes up it's sort of a narrow thing that at the top if you can picture the olive at the top of that little stick in your drink that's sort of what it looked like yeah. the one that they talked about it being like a baked potato because <laughs> uh, at the top it sort of looks like a potato with red around uh where the potatoes on the swizzle stick there right <laughs> mixed metaphor you want <laughs> right but and then they had you know a bunch of red on it symbolizing blood so it's, it's a it's kind of a stark symbol there it's very unique they had a lot of controversy but that square is where a number of people were killed there during the revolution where they, they tried to put it down a lot of shots and then she pointed out where you still see bullet holes in some of the the buildings there so that's sort of where the main a lot of the, the bad or bad stuff main stuff whatever you want to call it, took place there so it's pretty interesting but then as we're walking through there, and you didn't, if you looked across there, you wouldn't notice really any homeless people, but they had these hedges and all, and, and they were kind of burrowed up under these hedges. It was hot. They needed shade. <laughs> so she pointed that out, too. It was kind of, I guess, their way of disguising it, but, uh, so, but it was So, there. yeah, I was, I was going to ask about, you know, first time there, kind of on a whim, started out based on prices of flights and then looking mm -hmm. into it. From a safety standpoint, what was your experience like there? I saw that there are a couple things. One is that there might be or might not be a dog infestation problem. And the other is who to watch out for, you know, when it comes to talking with individuals on the street and what they're offering you or offering to do for you and things of that sort. Did you all encounter either or? I mean, overall, safety-wise, it's got a very good rating throughout as a European city. But, yes, we did encounter some of that stuff, it, it seems to me there were a good many dogs. I, now <laughs> it up. But, I mean, I, I don't know that there's an infestation, but uh, there were dogs around. But just out on the, the like, down from our apartment, when you get out, it's it's, it's just like a, a normal street. We weren't in the old quarter, even though we were a block or so away. So you had 
like convenience stores and other stores. So you had a kind of a, and banks. And so you had a normal traffic flow of just general population. But there was a subway stop there. So you had a good many. And these are truly gypsies over there. So you did have a good many of them. So you, you definitely paid attention a little more. Nobody was accosted or anything. I'm sure people came up and asked for for some change or that type of stuff, if I remember right. I do know uh, when we were sitting at a little, uh, this is like having a coffee in late morning. And one of these, and yeah, these panhandlers in all the, the big cities. Sure. But they came over to us sitting there, Jim, and it was more directed to, I don't know if it was you or Terry, but we just sort of, you know, you usually just shake your head, don't say anything, just sort of shake your head and sort of wave them off. I mean, this is a younger kid, you know, like 12 or 14. Didn't he say, like, death to you or something? Or? <laughs> yeah, with a few uh, <laughs> F-bombs thrown in there. <laughs> wow. <laughs> no, he, he was pretty rude. That was, it, it, I mean, definitely left a memory and, and uh, led to a good conversation uh, after coffee conversation. I don't think a chapter in How to Win Friends and Influence People. <laughs> <laughs> I think there were also a good number of, was it uh, North African or Middle East refugees that uh, seemed to be right near our apartment. I think they sort of slept in the park right uh, around back. That seemed to be a gathering place. And we watched them come up to some of the sidewalk restaurants and uh, pilfer things, you know, continually trying to come up and grab something. And it's usually stuff that wasn't worth anything, like an empty milk cart or something like that. And then the owner would come out and throw something at them. And, you know, it seemed to be just a little bit on the edge there, but nothing that... Uh, you know, really made me feel unsafe as a tourist. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, so yeah, David, it's sort of like in a big city, you sort of have the fringe. And, yeah. Sure. Yeah. yeah. What did you guys, um, each of you individually, what was kind of like one of your most surprised things about the Bucharest itself? And as far as was it the food, the restaurants, the museums, what, what kind of stood out for you that you really weren't expecting? The street life, they, uh, a lot like Paris, you sort of live out on the street, not inside restaurants. You sit at a table, you, you know, sip beers with your friends and, uh, and just spend your time that way. People watching. Nice. It was fascinating. There were tons of people that came through there every hour. Yeah, it really was. And, and I got same with me. I didn't, cause you know, I didn't know what to expect from that. Is this going to be a dull, dank yeah. fun, but it was very vibrant through there. Lots of places that people watch. It's sort of mixing your question with, with the, the gypsies and, and sitting there, people watching. This is one of our last nights there, and, and this sort of happens in any, every city, too, where you have the people with the flowers, and, and they try to get the kids right, to right. do it and that type of stuff. So we're sitting there, and we see this probably a seven- or eight-year-old kind of chubby little gypsy-type mm-hmm. person. And, and she just had a big smile on her face. She was happy to be out there and going up to people with the flowers. Well, then a, a thunderstorm came through and just downpour. And, of course, the flower people, the restaurants don't want them around and all this other stuff. So she's just trying to get – we're sitting under, we're underneath our canopy, and she's gotten soaked, and she's trying to get up under, like, a doorway to, to sort of stay dry. Teeth and, chattering. Oh, yeah, just, just really cold because it went from being really hot to, to this. And like I said, she had been so enthusiastic before. She was just so happy, and she was getting some money for the family or however that works with them. So another couple beside us kind of waved her in to you know come in and, and whatever. And she was very nervous about it because uh, and even the 
the restaurant we were sitting in tried to shoo her away. And we're like, you know, nah, just sort of let her stay here for a little bit. But they got her some soup. And I think we bought the rest of her flowers yeah. and like that. But she was really nervous. She didn't want to take it because, I mean, usually they're right. on guard to that. But she, at the end, once she kind of realized she wasn't getting in trouble, because I think she's always worried about me with the family or whoever the bosses are that right. <laughs> sort of control that type of stuff. She was very, once she did, she was very thankful and just, you could just, because she was always enthusiastic. That's what stood her about. She was sort of the chubby kid kind of stood out, but she was just so happy going with those flowers. And then when that happened, but it was just sort of a touching moment. It's kind of, yeah. kind of neat, but also gets back to the gypsy life and everything else there. So Anyhow, just an interesting moment there. Well, I guess while we're still in Bucharest, and before we move up to Transylvania, we probably ought to talk about the palace. I mean, it is this huge building that, I'm going to say his name wrong again, Chicheco. I mean, that was his thing. He built it. It took like 13 or 17 years to build prior to the revolution, all on you know Romanian money. And just this huge ornate building, but uh, but we got to take a tour of it. They they decided that they had offers to to sell it. I want to say Warren Buffett or one other of the real rich people had offered a billion dollars to to buy it, and, and they turned it down. And then uh, they eventually decided to use it as a as a state. It's now their parliament, so it's the houses of the government. They house big functions there. There was a big concert going on set up in front of it down on the below the steps and all who would remember who the performer was it was somebody real big name like a i want to say justin beaver or miley cyrus oh. or somebody like that who's uh, who the girl terry like ariana grande is who i think oh, was. Uh, oh yes yeah because terry's oh man terry's real excited about that it was a her or taylor swift yeah, it could have been. Let's not get Terry in trouble now. Yeah. Somebody, somebody that Terry uh, is fond of. It, it was kind of a pain in the ass getting tickets for the palace. As we'd read online that, you know, you definitely want to get tickets in advance because you, if you go that day, you might have to sit there and wait forever to get in. You can only go on guided tours. You can't just take a tour on your own. But we tried to do it online, could not get the website to work. You know, no matter what we accessed it with. So we, we just decided uh, to go ahead, walk up there. Takes forever. It's such a big palace, and it looks like you're right on top of it. And, you know, you walk for 15 minutes in the 98-degree weather, and you're not any closer yet. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, we eventually figured our way in, went the wrong way and all that kind of stuff, got in. And we were able to get tickets for the next hour's tour, so it really wasn't bad at all. Did you wait in line very long or? You go up and you buy the tickets separately and they've got a time stamp on it. And it just happened. Ours was coming in an hour. So we went back outside and sat someplace in the shade. And, and when it was time to go, we went in and you know, it must've gone with like 25, 30 people on our little tour. Went around. So, I mean, you know, just like any other tour mm. of a big palace type place. Uh, so how, how would you compare it? If you can even compare it to like Versailles. You know, as far as size and the much, 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 much bigger, bigger than Versailles, bigger than Versailles, not the grounds itself. You know, Versailles has much bigger grounds with the petite uh, Trianon and all that sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. But the actual palace, this thing is just huge. It's like, you know, five Costco's stacked on top of each other and then five other Costco's going out to the right and left. So absolutely in scale. Biggest thing I've ever seen. 
Didn't they say it's like the second biggest building in the world or something next to the CIA? Next to the Pentagon. Or the Pentagon, I'm sorry. Yeah. The yeah. largest office or whatever government building in the world. And like I said, it's, it's 3.7 million square feet. So that's huge. Parts, that's parts of it are very elegant. You know, you, you could compare a little bit to Versailles. Much newer looking, you know, much uh, subtler than Versailles. But I remember they one of the best parts of the building was he had his own theater, his own uh, movie theater, because he loved movies. And it was just a really huge, ornate, beautiful-looking place. And then, uh, you know, big stair step staircases, wraparound staircases came from each side, one from each side. The story was that the, the Chichescu and his wife liked to come down the different stairs and then meet in the middle to impress people who came to see him. So pretty cool. I mean, that's what I would do. <laughs> <I'm with you. laughs> you know, 3.7 million square foot pounds. You're starting, you're starting small, right? Right, exactly. <laughs> and this is a little, it, this led up to the palace, but they're talking about little Paris and all. And if you've been to Paris, they have the, I don't know if it's the shops of the day, but where you have a, a long walkway with a lot of trees and, and all like that. And it was that street that we went up was similar to that, wasn't it, Jim? It might even be a pattern after Paris. I could be wrong on that, but that's was my memory. But yeah, you know, it was a long walkway, streetway that led up to the palace, uh, which pretty neat with fountains and, and that kind of stuff. Probably need to move out of Bucharest now, and which we did after after a few days there. We decided uh, or planned ahead of time to rent a car and head out into the Transylvania region, and, and eventually end up in, in Brazov. But uh, on the way up, as we went through the Carpathian Mountains, we stopped off at Brom Castle, which for those listeners out there, Brom Castle is considered Dracula's camp castle. We mentioned Vlad the Impaler earlier, which Vlad, his dad was Vlad the Dragon because through the Romans, he went through the Order of the Dragon. So that's where Dragon and Drac comes in. And then Dracula is Latin for son of the dragon. So he was the son of the dragon, so that's where Dracula comes from. But Vlad, who was raised by the Ottomans and taught military and all the, the latest things during those days, because his dad was captured and it was a trade-off, he thought it'd be better off for them to be raised there. But when he got back to Romania, he ended up being, him and his older oldest son got tortured and all this other stuff. So Vlad had all this revenge on his mind, and when he got back, and eventually became the ruler, he treated his enemies very badly. <laughs> and he would impale them and then set them out in like the town square or wherever he was at, at the time to intimidate them. So they know if you came in here, obviously this, gonna this is what's going to happen to you. So supposedly he impaled anywhere between 20,000 and 80,000 people. Wow. And these are these long, you know, 10 foot big uh, stakes that then they ran through and, and they go through right up between your legs up through the middle of you and then out I don't know if it went out the, the throat or out the chest but it, it impaled you literally and then they, they stay there for however long so oh so very brutal guy and uh, but anyhow getting back to his castle this Brom castle sits on this passageway through the Carthinians Carthinian Mountains, it goes out towards the Ottoman Empire, so it was a natural outlook or outpost for them. But in reality, Vlad maybe spent a night or two there, but <laughs> not actually his castle. 
but it's become famous. Well, mainly it's just to draw tours there. (laughs) (laughs) And it became famous, became, you know, connected with him because of Bram Stoker, who wrote Dracula. He set it at this castle based entirely on the fact that he might have been there one day. The castle was absolutely lovely. It was a fantastic castle, beautiful view. The town that it's in was pure hell. That was, for me, the worst part of the trip. We'd come up through the Carpathian Mountains on these really windy roads. Romanian drivers are some of the worst drivers in the world. It seemed like every you know four miles on the road, somebody was in a wreck. You know, nothing else going on there, and you'd see a car off on the side of the road smoking. It was like some, you know smoke coming up out of the engine. So it was kind of white-knuckle driving. We couldn't find any restaurants when we got there, and we got into this town, and it was just millions of people in a line to get up to the castle. Finally found a restaurant. I remember Jim was getting pretty cranky, and I was too, not having eaten that whole day. We finally found something. The food sucked. You know, It was like eating at an airport. But it was worth it to get up in the castle. Yeah, the, the castle was beautiful. It reminded me, at least back in the 70s, when I used to go on family trips and we go to, I don't know, uh, someplace in like Ohio that, you know, had, I'm not going to do a good job of, of, of describing this, but they just had the tackiest little gift shop prior to getting up to yeah. I mean, The actual place you went was fine, but it was just tacky little cheap tomahawks and, and just stupid <laughs> little stuff that was just awful. And then the, yeah. the, the food are these little cafeterias that's terrible, just terrible. So, yeah, everything Jim described is right. The, the land up to it was beautiful. The castle and the views through the, the mountain pass was beautiful. But the little town was just tacky as could be and <laughs> bad food. And and only it was just a two-lane road in and two-lane road out. So, can you say how, how long the drive in and out was? How, how long was it from Bucharest out to to Braun Castle? Was that a couple of hours? Yeah, I want to say at least like two and a half, three hours. Yeah. Of course, it's, I'd asked for a automatic uh, from the rental place, and they said they'd give me one. They didn't have it when I got there, so I had to quickly remember how to use uh, a <laughs> stick shift, so that probably slowed us down a little bit. Right, right. Now, it was kind of neat just driving up there, and this is just real quick antidotes we did pass a ski resort because we were going through the mountains so there were some nice what looked like some nice resorts as we went there the countryside in august no no skiing in august but then also the as far as like farming like we have huge fields of of corn and all that there's huge fields of sunflowers they're just beautiful sunflowers for i don't know if it's miles and miles but it was acres and acres it was kind of a stunning sight the other thing that, that struck me pretty, in our age, uh, struck me was, as we, especially as we got closer to Brom, out in the fields, the farmers were still using sickles to cut the, right. the grass and, and the straw and load it up and then add horses on pulling their wagon. So it wow. really felt like we, we took a step back in time. All money, I think all the money in the country must just go to Bucharest even now. And doesn't really filter out because, yeah, it was like going into, you know, Pennsylvania Dutch uh, land, something like that. All right. And then even though we did this after we went to Brazov, I want to touch on it real quick while we're out in the countryside is the fortified churches. Mm-hmm. Uh, we stopped at one called Primgir, if I'm saying it right. Jim, you want to talk a little bit about, about that? Because I thought that was a pretty neat experience. Oh, yeah. These are absolutely fantastic. That, that I think, was my favorite thing on the whole trip. And basically, it's, you know, Romania is in the middle of all these competing forces, 
I guess the Ottoman Empire kept coming in and destroying the towns. And so they sort of wised up and they would build their churches as what they called fortified churches, have a huge wall all the way around, make it a very big central part, put a moat beyond the wall, fill it full of water. And then they built a series of places where not only did you have the church, but they had rooms for everybody in the town to come and stay when they were under siege. And uh, so they could just basically lock things up to get all the citizens inside, lock it up and, you know, stay there until the threat had passed. Right. But uh, it's just amazing. I had no idea these sorts of things existed. I'm not doing honor to it, but uh, it was just beautiful woodwork, these gorgeous little jewel box churches inside. It was neat. Yeah, I'm looking through some photos right now of the fortified churches in Romania. They're beautiful. Yeah. Are, yeah. are most of those uh, Eastern Orthodox, I would assume, in that area? I, I think that's what most wow. of them are going to have been. Yeah. yeah. Okay. The other neat thing, because it was very medieval, is you, you walk through the, the doorway, but it had those large, large iron gates with the heavy yeah. points that would come down when, when it, it came down. So it, it truly gave you the medieval feel. And, uh, and the little rooms they had, I mean, I guess it, calling them dorm-like is, is not right because it was rounded. But, I mean, they were little rooms with the beds and all in there. But you had ladders going up, so they went up three or four stories uh, of these different ladders and, and things that went up to it. So And, and you could still go up there if you wanted to. And it's not like here where there's no way you could <laughs> ladder to go up there. <laughs> it seems so rickety. I kept waiting for one of us to fall through three or four times. So do you know, did they have any sort of organized tour of, of these fortified churches where you could go see five or ten in a day? There must have been something like that. I'm sure you could probably find it, but that part of the countryside, honestly, is so easy to drive around and so picturesque. You know, I'd prefer to do it myself. You know, we were on the way back to uh, Bucharest when we stopped to see the uh, fortified church. And honestly, if we'd seen that on the first day, I think I would have thrown the rest of the plans out the window and just said, hey, let's go catch four or five of these things for a day and see them. And that, and that was a pretty little village there in, in Primjir and right across the street, yeah. the more modern Eastern Orthodox church or mosque or whatever it was. And But then you had... Uh, as we're sitting there, we're, we're getting in our, you know, rental car. You had the the farmer sort of reminded me of Mennonites driving down with yeah. a horse and cart, uh, you know, going to wherever he's going in the village. So it was it was neat. So what was the rest of the village like? Were there restaurants or there wasn't a whole lot uh, to it? Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there was a restaurant, but I don't remember seeing one. <laughs> I remember like one gas station, you know, a bunch of houses and. And that's about it. It's pretty small beat downtown, not at all designed for tourists. Right. Okay. No, exactly. So uh, I'll quickly get us up to, to Brazov, which uh, was a very beautiful city. I mean, it, it's actually it's a city. It's like over 100,000 people there. But uh, the town, or the older part, which is where we were, it has a huge square, medieval square called Council Square. And then there's several real big churches off of the Black Church, and I forget the, the other one, but it sits right at the base of a mountain, Mount Tampa. And all the the rooftops are this red terracotta tile rooftop. So especially as you get up, you've got and you're looking down over the valley, you got these red, like I said, terracotta rooftops. So it's just a beautiful view, and it's it's in 
that medieval German type architecture. So it's just a really pretty, pretty town right at the base of that mountain. Of course, at the top of the mountain, you can take a little gondola ride up to the top. They had just like Hollywood, a big, their letters of the town called with Brazov and the big Hollywood type letters on top oh, really? of the mountain. Uh, <laughs> so, this is pretty much kind of central. Right. Romania, mm-hmm. where Brazov is. Yeah. So. Yep, it's in the center there. There's lots of cool cemeteries, churches. Uh, like I said, it's a medieval town. When you got down to the square, there were a lot of outside eateries and drinks, and also it had a good vibe, too. A lot of nice yeah. shoes from. Jim, do you want to talk about any of the churches or some of the, the, the history there? Yeah, I really, that's sort of a blank in my mind right now. I, I, I can picture them, but I don't remember any of the history in particular. I remember we went to one church that produced the first books in all of Romania, and they had a statue and a little uh, bit of information about the guy, but, but I don't have the specific details. Yeah, it, well, I think that was the black, the first church, one that the, had the first books, was close to where we, we stayed. We came right. through. A really neat cemetery there, yeah. and then they had the first printing press for for that area, and then you had the the black church, which it had burned uh, down, I guess, in somewhere in the 1400s, but it's been around since the 1300s, and it was a big part of the Reformation in that area. So it wasn't Martin Luther, but and I forget who the historical right. figure was that brought it to that area, but uh, the Protestant movement was big there. In, in a lot of those churches. So but that church been around forever, had some great tapestries in there. Just And they wouldn't let us take pictures, you know. There's no picture signs everywhere. So I think that's one of the reasons why I'm not remembering it too much, that I didn't get to take those pictures to sort of jog my memory here a couple right. years later. Yeah. When you guys were staying in that area, how, you know, I, I'm a food guy, so. How was the food there, so two and a half hours north of Bucharest. How, what was the differences between the two? I like Bucharest a lot more. There was more selection. I think it was a little higher quality. You know, my memory of Brazov was that the food was okay. You know, certainly nothing bad, but it was more expensive. This is more like going to a tourist town to out by the lake or something like that. And everything was just a little bit pricier. You, do you remember it that way, Jim? Because when he asked the question, I don't remember any food standing out there. So there wasn't like a great That's food experience. That's usually not a good sign, right? <laughs> yeah. But, but it was a good, I mean, it was, but it was open air. You could people watch that. I mean, it had a good yeah. vibe. The food didn't stand so out. So it still had a cafe-type lifestyle oh, yeah. there. Oh, yeah. Especially in that main square where, uh, you know, apparently that's where Vlad put the people out on the, the pikes. People were. Uh, that whole thing was open up with restaurants. It done much of the food just... back then, though. <laughs> 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 like kebabs. <laughs> Is that the history of kebabs? <laughs> but it, it, it was it was a cool little town. Uh, apparently, there's a couple of ski resorts really close to there, and it, it's known for for some uh, for the winter. Toyana Razov, the most popular Romanian ski resort. Right. And, so uh, I know our friend Javier, uh, who at the time. We met him through our travels through Pamplona and so forth. Uh, at the time, he was work. His job brought him to Romania a lot. So when we were there, he was posting. Have you been there or there? And then he started mentioning other places, which were, I believe, a little bit north and all of, of Brazov, so even mm-hmm. further out of Bucharest. Uh, so it's just interesting because we we get his take on some stuff. I don't remember all that right now, but 
it, it was good getting some of that insight as well. So, but it's it's a it's a great town. Go up and see it right at the the base of the mountains, and that gondola ride and the views from the mountain gym were were pretty spectacular. Oh, they were amazing! Just an absolute gorgeous, and and very clear there. You could see for miles and miles from the top. So definitely worth doing. Absolutely. So cool. That kind of brings us to. I mean, we've hit everything. Kind of rust bras off a little bit. Uh, are there any final thoughts or anything we didn't touch on, Jim, that you would like to to share now? But, you know, looking back three years after that trip, when we ended that trip, I kept thinking, I don't know if I'll ever come back to Romania. It was fun. I feel like I saw most of the things in Bucharest that I really want to see. But three years down the road, you know, I'm really remembering the countryside quite a bit. And I, I think a perfect trip would be to go back for, you know, about 10 days, maybe stay four days, three nights in Bucharest. And then just, you know, head out to the mountains, head out to Transylvania, head out to some of those other little towns that Javier suggested that we go to. Because that, that, to me, looked like the part that I would really enjoy getting right. to know a little bit better. Right. And I agree with that. And I'll add to it, uh, apparently the Black Sea is That's beautiful there. It's yeah. our, but more east, south. Or southeast. East, yeah. yeah, southeast of, of Bucharest. and. We were a lot of people talking about it, and it sounded like a good idea. We just didn't have time to do it. And if you're just trying to touch on other countries, Monrovia, which is not a yeah. well-talked-about country. We talked about that, yeah. And so, I, I guess then west of Serbia, and then you get into mm-hmm. my favorite, one of my favorite place, uh, Croatia. So, right? mm-hmm. Oh, that's there. So it's, so it's kind of a neat little part of the world that uh, I don't think most Americans think about. Yeah, no. So. no, that's true. You're saying you want to put Monrovia on your bucket list. I didn't. <laughs> I'm just saying if I'm in the area. <laughs> it, will it be like the way that President Trump stepped into North Korea and then stepped back out? I would hope to do more than that. <laughs> you got to spend a little time there for it to count. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, if there are, is there anything else or any other questions, that uh, gives uh, – our listeners, uh, hopefully a nice little summary of uh, Romania and specifically Bucharest and, and Brazov. So uh, thanks, for everyone, for listening. Thanks, Tony, Brian, and, and Jim Reed for helping out with the podcast today. Once again, we're Friends of Carry On. You can, can find us at www.friendsofcarryon.com or on Facebook and Instagram at Friends of Carry On. And just another shout-out to our affiliate this week, uh, which is Away Bags. All Great travel luggage. Look them out at awaybags.com. Thank you, and we'll talk to you next time. Bye, everybody. Bye. Be sure to join the friends next week with another great podcast. And don't forget to subscribe if you haven't already. You can also find the friends and other content on www.friendsthatcarryon.com or check us out on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook by searching Friends That Carry On. Thanks again for joining us. And don't forget to carry on, friends.